Colorado still has a chance to make a bowl game. It's going to take a lot, but they still have a chance. You are Locked On Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Bohr. Today's episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash college and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about Colorado's chances of making a bowl game. They are currently sitting at 4-3, and three, so they have five games left to win two. I like those odds. If you're a Colorado fan, you have to like those odds, but then you look at their schedule and... You see they play number 25, UCLA, number 12, Oregon State, Arizona, who just literally throttled the living hell out of Washington State, who was a top 25 team, and then Washington State, who is still on the outside looking in. They're like ranked 26th in the country, and then number 14, Utah. So essentially, they have four ranked teams to play, and then a team that is may have found their quarterback of the future and is trending in the right direction. So... What does it mean? What does it take for Colorado to make a bowl game? Well, first of all, a lot of people are already doubting uh, the possibility of them making a bowl game. I've been looking through like the athletic and ESPN's uh, bowl predictions, and there's only one person so far that believes Colorado is going to make a bowl. They have them uh, projected to make the Isleta, I believe is how you say it, New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque uh, against Fresno State. Uh, but other than that, everybody is out on the bus making a bowl game. And so I think this win against Stanford, not only, I mean, the loss against Stanford, it not only kind of took the wind out of their sails, but it really put them in jeopardy of missing a bowl game because obviously you win that game, you're at five, then you only have to win one. And so obviously you don't plan, you don't ever plan on losing five straight games or four straight games, whatever it may be. But it does get a little more difficult when all the other teams are better at what your weaknesses are. So let's just put that out there. For Colorado to make a bowl game, they have to be able to defend the pass better. They have to, we'll just say defend better, be more disciplined. They're the most penalized team in the country, and they have to protect Shadur Sanders and kind of hope that he can just will them to victory. Because I noticed in their three losses so far, Stanford threw for 400 or 490, 396 yards, so basically four, 400 yards. USC, Caleb Williams, he threw for 400 yards. And then Bo Nix threw for 276, but they basically took the ga- their gas off the pedal and were just running the ball down Colorado's throats. And that can't happen. And so when I look at these two, these next five weeks of football for Colorado, I look at which teams they match up best against. And I would say those are the teams that struggle defensively and probably can't uh, at least physically impose their will on offense. And so I'm looking at passing offense. Obviously, that's going to be an interesting one because none of these teams that I'm seeing right now rank within the top 20 or the top 50 of passing offenses. UCLA has had quarterback issues. Um, they're kind of all over the mix. Arizona is the only one. And I think if it comes push comes to shove, I think they could get into a shootout with Arizona and win because I think I like Colorado's offense better than Arizona's offense at this time. So I look at, like I said, I'm looking at which teams aren't that good defensively, which UCLA, that kind of eliminates them. They are top 10 uh, 
uh, defensive team in the country at the moment. They because they rank. Let's see. UCLA ranks as they're the number 11 defense in the country. And then Oregon State, who has normally a solid defense, but they're they're 44th in the country. And then Washington State, not a top, not a top defense. So I look at those two games, Arizona and Washington State. Those are back to back games. Those are both teams that are, excuse me, have explosive offenses, mediocre to bad defenses. And that's Colorado's bread and butter right there. That is their bread and butter to a T. Because if the defense is able to key in on Shadur Sanders and his pass catchers, we've seen them struggle. We saw it against Stanford, that blueprint. Stanford laid out the blueprint to beat Colorado in the second half, not the first half. That was horrendous from Stanford. But the second half is the blueprint of beating Colorado. And that's limiting Shadur, getting pressure on him, as we all know, uh, has been a thing all year. And then just keeping everything in front of you, limiting the big plays. Stanford. Stanford didn't give up a single big play in the, in the really at all in the second half. There might have been a couple big throws, but nothing too crazy. Uh, so you look at these teams, Utah, they're good on defense and they can run the ball. UCLA is good on defense. They struggle to run the ball in turn, like they're not the best running team, I would say. They can run the ball pretty well. I like Carson Steele, but they're I don't consider their their rushing attack to be one of the better ones in the country. Uh, I'll check the rankings here just to make sure that I'm on the right track because I don't, I don't feel like, Oh, I, I stand corrected. They are number 12, number 12 in the country. So they have a good defense and they could run the ball. I think I was confusing them with uh, someone else's run game. They have a good defense and can run the ball. So that's already an issue. Oregon state solid defense can run the ball. They will run the ball down your throat. Arizona solid offense, mediocre to bad defense. Washington state solid offense, mediocre to bad defense. And so those are the two winnable games. I think UCLA of those ranked opponents, assuming I don't know what to make of Utah anymore. I, I genuinely don't know if Cam Rising is going to come back or not, or if they're going to get all these guys healthy. They've it's six weeks into the season and they have like I think it was twenty eight percent of their roster has missed a game or is has been injured at some point this season. So it's been a struggle uh, injuries wise for Utah, and I just don't foresee. I just don't want to talk about that game yet because who knows what to expect. But I like I'm looking at these matchups and it's going to be tough. But Colorado controls their own destiny, as the the video was titled. This episode was titled because they know who they are. They know they're not going to be all like this bye week is not going to make them a great defensive team. But this bye week could help them focus on being less being more disciplined. Excuse me. We don't need to be less disciplined. I don't know if they could get less disciplined. They are the most penalized team in the country. Um, they are just I don't I honestly have never seen a team so. They look unorganized at times. Um, it's just ridiculous. Like they, out of the break, it is literally. I think it was a timeout or a TV, a TV timeout. They come onto the field with thirteen or fourteen guys. How does that happen? They lead the country in penalties with sixty-nine. Uh, like I said on yesterday's episode, they are on track to to, um, to break their school record for penalties in a game. So they need to. And I think there's a wake-up call in that Stanford loss. Coach Prime kind of when he was talking about how the loss was pathetic, he was like, we're going to practice tomorrow on Sunday. And then I think the general consensus from fans and anyone who's ever played a sport ever is that that loss kind of woke them up, woke them up and is going to set up probably two weeks of very difficult, very demanding and probably very intense practices, but they need that. They need to be more disciplined. They're the so penalized. They, and some of the penalties, I would say 
70% of them are preventable. It, it's not like pass interference calls. It's Travis Hunter pushing a receiver on what would have been like fourth and 20. It's the, the defense having four, I think three or four um, instances of having too many guys on the field. It's unsportsmanlike conducts. It's all these things after the play, all these things before the play that are preventable. And it's not like pass interference. It's not, con- it's, I mean, there are holding calls, but it's more so stuff that is like, I won't say it's easy to prevent pass interference and holding, but those penalties, I feel like, like if I see those, I'm like, not great, but they happen. But like 13 men on the field, like that's crazy to me Th- that it happens one time. Sure. Two times. Okay. Maybe like someone is just like not paying attention, but three or four, that is absurd to happen in one and one game. That is too much. And so they need to take this time to get more disciplined uh, penalties while it's not really like a like penalties don't, I guess, win you game. I guess they can win you games. They can help you win games, but they can certainly help you lose them. And Colorado has had way too many issues penalty wise to kind of keep them out of games. And when you're a team that struggles as mightily as they do on defense and um, on running and running the ball, in the offensive line, you cannot have all these pre-snap and uh, post-snap penal- or post-play penalties. Like that's just not something you can allow. So they control their own destiny. They can use the time to get more discipline. They can use this time to figure out what works. I don't know if they need to put out new player, like um, have new starters or something, but they need to change something. And so these two weeks are going to be really telling. Um, I think it's going to be really telling of where this program's at. Obviously, it's year one, and people are getting on me because I said they were which I, I always said my prediction was six and six. I did update my prediction, but that was based on how they were playing. And so now I feel like my prediction of six and six is in jeopardy. I would say it is looking more like a five and seven season right now. If they continue to be penalized, struggle to stop offenses at, at basically anything, they can't stop an offense. Stanford's offense was one of the least prolific in the country and they just exploded. They embarrassed that Colorado defense. And so if they can't stop anybody on defense and they're kind of getting penalized all the time, this team has a lot of issues to overcome. And it all they have to take it game by game. That UCLA game is going to be a huge test. And obviously it's not an easy stretch by any means, but they have a lot of work to do. And luckily, I guess for them, they have two weeks to, to prepare. So buckle up, Buffs fans, because it's going to be a good one. This episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by our sponsors over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire could feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I personally have used LinkedIn. I tell you guys all the time. So I got my first job out of school. I look for jobs where I had the matching skills. I look for jobs that fit my lifestyle preferences, where I wanted to live and all that, and LinkedIn Jobs is the perfect place to do that. So if you want to find the perfect candidate, like myself, add your job and purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And so as small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires for leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy 
shade, recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. We are talking about the infamous Shadur Sanders scandal via merch. Via the merch posting. Realistically, and I wrote about this and everybody's getting mad. They're like, and I put it in my article. I said, we don't know if it was him. We don't know if it was a social media manager, which I'm pretty sure was a social media manager because well off media had a video of him not on his phone during halftime as he shouldn't be. Um, so props to him for that, I guess. Um, and I didn't, I said, we also don't know if it's a scheduled post either way. All three of those possibilities are unacceptable. If you're Shadur you can't be on your phone during social media or during on social media during halftime. Probably should be on your phone in general. Uh, we obviously don't know if it was him. We only got a little snippet of from well off media, but so we're going to assume that it's his social media manager or scheduled post. And then at that point, you just have to realize that scheduling a post during a game is never going to come off. Well, like no one cares that you have social media managers. No one cares that you could have scheduled a post because one, you know, you had a game at that time. Two, it comes off as, I guess, like you, like you didn't, you don't have control of your social media team who's posting during a game, which is kind of a distraction because now obviously we're talking about this uh, two days after or three days after the game. We're talking about Shadur Sanders posting on, on Instagram, or it's just a representative of you. So even if it's not you, it's a representative of you. So people see your account, they see a merch link posted. And so it's a distraction it's a distraction when you lose. Like if they win, is it a distraction? Probably not. Let's just call it what it is. It's only distractions when you lose. And especially if you're a Sanders, I think we've kind of learned that Colorado and the Sanders family are under a microscope for their fame and their notoriety. But that also comes with, um, I guess you could say some backlash or that comes with heightened pressure because people are looking at every single thing you do. And so if you're Shredder Sanders, you can't have that happen. Uh, you can't. Ha- your social media team kind of set him up for failure. If it was them, if it was a scheduled post, that's poor timing on his part. And if it was him, obviously that's just it shows a lack of focus um, at halftime that he thinks that it's okay to go post um, during the game. Which obviously this isn't me saying that he did that. This is just me saying each of the three possibilities. There's not really like a great scenario. I would say of the three, I'd rather it be the social media team and maybe someone just messed up and thought that was the best time to do it. Um, not really sure what the thought process was there. It's a distraction to the team. Now it's a distraction that they have to overcome. And now when everybody's questioning Colorado's work ethic, their practice ethic, obviously Shadur Sanders doesn't have that issue, but it kind of ties into this. Like it kind of, everybody's going to look at Colorado and be like, ah, well, their quarterback's posting on Instagram at halftime. So Obviously, they're not dialed in or the quarterback is more focused on selling merchandise for his personal gain rather than focusing on the task at hand. And so whatever way you cut it, whatever way you you slice the bill, you slice the cake, whatever the saying is, it doesn't look good. And it's a distraction now. Obviously, it's kind of a no one notices thing if they win. But obviously, since they lost and blew a historic lead, People notice everything. That's what social media is. People notice when you make mistakes and they're more likely to call you out when you make a mistake rather than uh, calling you out when you do good. And so 
that's just something that you can't happen. Stephen A. Smith said that it couldn't happen as well. And he kind of went off on a, a tangent as well. Cause obviously he compared him to his dad and he said, your dad was the best player to ever do it. And he has succeeded in all these things. And he said, whether it was you, your manager, scheduled posts, whatever, you're just not at that level <laughs> to where you can't be worrying about things where you should be worrying about social media things in the middle of a game. So uh, tough discussion to really have. I think if you're coach prime and Shadur, Shadur and his social team, because it's not really a discussion that you think you should have, but let alone here we are. By the way, this episode of Locked on Bus is also brought to you by our sponsor over at Price Picks. Let me tell you a bit about Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. They have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types are what might make Price Picks number one in daily fantasy sports apps. For example, it could be Saquon Barkley for more than 60 yards or Patrick Mahomes for more than two touchdowns. With the Price Picks reboot policy, though, your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the, exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, the player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with insurance, uh, injury insurance, excuse me. So go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit matchup up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Welcome back. To conclude this episode, I'm going to talk about the bi-week focus, what Colorado needs to focus on. Uh, we're not going to be able to talk to Coach Prime this week uh, because uh, programs don't do media during their bye week and the media is actually not allowed to attend practices so far. Um, so intern Griffin will not be out there uh, reporting all the details for me. So let's just talk about what they need to improve on. I talked about a little bit earlier, the discipline stuff. I don't know how else to kind of change disciplinary issues, but maybe like have a discussion, have punishments because trap like, I hate to harp on Travis Hunter, but he's had a few of these where after the play, he's shoving people. I don't know if they've all been called, but there was a Nebraska play where he threw a guy on the ground. Obviously, the Stanford play where he was shoving someone after the play and kind of ended up drawing what was a costly. It led to a touchdown, I'm pretty sure, or it led to points at least. I think it was a touchdown where he th he pushes the receiver for no reason right in front of the ref after the play. Like It's always the second guy who gets caught. So it doesn't matter if he pushes you first. It's always the second guy. It is the retaliation that gets called. It is never the initiation of the of the penalties. So focus on discipline. Focus on not being penalized so many so many times a game. Because if you could take away, I think they had like 10, 17 penalties for like 170 yards. Take away seven of those, and we'll just say that they're 10 yards of penalty. That's 100 yards of penalties, which isn't great, but that's 70 less yards that Stanford was given. Maybe they don't score on that drive and they force a punt because Travis Hunter doesn't get physical for no reason at the very end. Maybe the 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 defense focuses on who's supposed to be on what personnel and how, how that happens so many times, I don't know. That's still going to leave me flabbergasted, bewildered. I'm just stunned by that, how it happens so many times. And I don't know who's in charge of the running back rotations figure figure something out what is work, what is happening right now is not working the colorado run game was supposed to be one of the strengths of the team and it's a useless unit 
or the, the way they're being used is useless. I wouldn't say the unit's useless. They have good players. They have shown flashes. It's just they're not used prominently. And so I looked back at, um, I look back at Sean Lewis's offense last year, and he had a rusher for who had like fourteen hundred yards. So I don't understand the the lack of running the ball. I guess I could say like, there's one thing to try to run the ball and see it's not working. And be like, okay, we got to pass the ball, but they're like ditching the run all together. Like I, I don't even. If they come out and run the ball against Stanford and just try to run the ball, like possibly like just power down Stanford's throats, eventually Stanford's going to give in. Stanford's run defense has struggled all year. The leading rusher for Colorado was Shadur with 13 carries. And then it was Anthony Hankerson had eight. And I think he's kind of been the leading rusher this entire season for the, for the bus. He's had eight carries, 10 carries, 16 carries in the past few games. Get someone 20 carries. I don't care who it is, Ultimate Caskill, whatever it may be. Just try to establish the run. Focus on getting the running backs in open space. Take the pressure off the passing offense because obviously Stanford found something that worked for them in the second half and they were pressuring Shadur. They were keeping everything in front of him. They were limiting the big plays. And we've seen Colorado be hurt by this in games prior. So there needs to be adjustments made there. Discipline. Run the ball. And then honestly... They just need to fix their attitudes. Um, based on what we're seeing from Coach Prime talking to this team, they have p- horrible practice habits. And maybe this is a wake-up call. Maybe this is the wake-up call they needed. They're kind of been embarrassed on national television. They were embarrassed on social media. People are still writing about it. And they just need to improve, I guess, their overall mentality. And I think it's tough to see videos six or seven weeks into the season where coaches are saying, your guys' practice habits are terrible. And so improve the practice habits, improve the run game, improve the discipline, and things may work out better. They could still make a bowl game like I talked about earlier. It's not going to be easy, but it's still possible. I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked on Bus and making us your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. We appreciate your comments, your support. So you guys have a great day, and I will see you guys tomorrow.